Welcome to the DermVet Podcast. I'm Dr. Ashley Bourgeois, a board-certified veterinary dermatologist practicing in Portland, Oregon with animal dermatology clinics. I'm also a mom of two, just trying to find the balance like everyone else. Let's learn to ditch the itch, cytology, everything, and make derm more fun than frustrating. Thank you guys for joining me on another episode of the Derm Vet Podcast. A lot of you have reached out and I've really enjoyed these shorter episodes. So I'm going to do a few of them in a row and then get back to mixing in some of the longer interview format. Today, I want to talk about one of my favorite topics and that is autoimmune disease. So just in a general sense, not going over one specific autoimmune disease, but what do you do when you suspect that you might have an autoimmune case? You're not sure what, but you know, what are some tips that can get you through managing that case and diagnosing it appropriately? So one, clinical signs. When we look at clinical signs of autoimmune cases, it can be really tricky. I've had some terrible allergy dogs that I will, you know, biopsy and get back allergies and it can look autoimmune because they're just so red and difficult to respond. So never be worried if you do biopsy because they look so bad and you've cleared infection and you're just not sure if you're only dealing with allergies. We definitely want to make sure we have the right diagnosis. But typical clinical signs that we are starting to think of autoimmune, certainly um, really ulcerative skin, super crusty skin that's not infected. Um, If you see depigmentation or lots of nodules on the body, And really a telltale sign will be if you have uh, mucous membranes affected. So the nasal planum's affected or the gingiva, lips, um, perivulvar region, the vulva, the anus, things like that. Or if you see really crusty or ulcerative paw pads, that's really not typical to see with something like allergies unless they're just chewing them and it's more traumatic. So if you see those areas affected, I really want your mind to start thinking maybe it's autoimmune, you know, other differentials that we can see with these cases, we can see deep fungal infections. So depending on where you live, certain areas can have deep fungal infections like, you know, crypto, blasto, um, and those can often look autoimmune because they can get nodular or ulcerative and those pets can be really sick. Um, neoplastic. So if it's a dog or cat that's older and all of a sudden broke out with depigmentation on the nasal planum uh, or nodules or plaques, you know, certainly age is going to drive your differential priority. So if they're 13 and never had any issues before and all of a sudden these things popped up, neoplastic uh, processes might be higher up on your list. There are some really bad mite cases. So there can be some really bad cases of demodex, um, not so much affecting like the mucous membranes, but they can look really ulcerative. Um, They can be more swollen. They can feel really punky. So certainly making sure we rule out something like mites can be really important in these cases. So that's where my mind kind of starts going. And like I said, you can have really horrific allergy cases that can be, you know, raise your eyebrow a little bit if it's truly only allergies you're dealing with. Um, And as far as diagnostics, you know what I'm always going to tell you, cytology everything. So there's a few different reasons that you wanna collect cytology, well, in every case, but especially in cases that could be autoimmune. You know, first of all, 
if you see a really crusty pet and you collect a sample and it's sterile, like there's no bacteria that you can find, but there's just gobs of neutrophils um, or macrophages, then that definitely indicates that maybe you should biopsy and see what's going on because you can get diseases such as pimpigus that will cause a really sterile neutrophilic process. If you feel comfortable with cytology and identifying acantholytic keratinocytes, then that's something that you can catch sometimes on cytology. And then you really know that autoimmune such as pimpigus is moving up on your list. But the other reason it's important is even if you do find infection and say you still are really suspicious based on the distribution that it is an autoimmune disease of some sort or know you need to biopsy, if there's a significant amount of infection, then you might be smarter to clear up that infection. So put them on antibiotics for a couple weeks because you can have really bad infection mask your biopsy results. So if there, say it is a pimpigus case, it's been going on for a long time and there is just rapid amounts, like tons of bacteria present. Well, if you take a biopsy, you might just get a report back of like a deep bacterial furunculosis or bacterial folliculitis, and it might mask the fact that you actually have a primary autoimmune disease. So, you know, depending on the amount of infection, sometimes I will treat them for a couple of weeks and have them come back if their symptoms are better, but still we have some, you know, pretty good primary lesions like pustules or crusting, despite the fact on recheck cytology, the infection's better then we might biopsy at that point. But I tell owners if we're going to put them through a biopsy and sedate them and take pieces of their skin, we want to make sure we get the best results possible. So that's why cytology is important too, is just making sure we have the infection controlled before we do that test. We talked about skin scraping, certainly ruling out something like mites before putting them through, through a biopsy is really important. Um, DTM plus or minus kind of depends on the distribution of the lesions. Never wrong to be safe. Dermatophyte can be really tricky and look like lots of different things. But ultimately, biopsy is going to be what you want to do to really diagnose these cases. So one thing I will warn you guys about, beware of steroids. If this pet has seen someone else and recently had steroids um, or they went on steroids because they were itchy, you know, a couple weeks before and things aren't clearing up quite as well. If you have them on steroids, even if you have some lesions present, sometimes it's hard for the histopathologist to make a clear cut diagnosis. So ideally you don't want them on any steroids, you know, can kind of depend on the severity of the case if that's realistic or not. Um, but I want them hopefully on no steroids, if not super minimal doses. We do not want to collect biopsies when they're on super high doses of steroids because that can mask our results too. If you go back to episode four of the podcast, I do dive deeper into biopsies, but a couple little tips. The crust is a must. So if there is a crusty pet and say you biopsy a spot and a crust falls off, take that crust and throw it in the formalin because sometimes the answer, answer is in the crust, especially with pimpigus cases. If you see areas of depigmentation, that's gold. Depigmentation is often the earlier stages of an autoimmune disease process and definitely can have your answer. I also like to uh, take different looking areas. So 
I might take, you know, a depigmented area in a crusty area in an erythematous area just to get different representations of the disease for the pathologist. Um, lots of samples. So I almost always take three to four if I can, you know, if it's a super tiny dog and it's only the nasal planum, you not, might not be able to. Go big or go home. So don't get wimpy on your punch size. Uh, we don't want to just collect two millimeter punches all the time. I almost always at least use a four millimeter punch, if not a six in most of these cases. So I hope that helps. Again, this is just a general overview, whether we're thinking of discoid lupus erythematosus or pimpheus foliaceus, erythema multiforme. Like there's lots of different autoimmune diseases that are out there, but um, definitely kind of using these tips as far as clearing infection, um, biopsying appropriately, having these differentials on, on your radar can be really helpful. I wanna help guide you through these cases and we can always dive a little bit more into um, treatments, but that really depends on the disease. Obviously, steroids are commonly used for most of these, but there can be different indications of why you might pick some therapies over another based on which disease you get back with your biopsy. If any of you guys are attending virtual fetch at the end of this month, I am actually doing a nasal planum in pad disease lecture. Um, we go over lots of clinical pictures. My husband made fun of me for how big my file is for that lecture. I don't remember the exact size, but it's huge because there's so many pictures in it. Um, and we go over the specifics of those diseases and we go over uh, specific treatments for those diseases. Um, and it's a lecture I really love to give. Um, and if you use the code AshleyBM10, you actually can get 10% off registration, but it's gonna be a great conference. And if this is the type of stuff that interests you, I have a whole lecture and presenting on it. Until next time, throw your ideas of these short little episodes to me, um, either through DM on Instagram or Facebook, or you can use the contact form on my website, thedermvet.com. You can also sign up for my newsletter there. Take care, guys.